Welcome to the Can You Relate podcast, where our goal is to show you that you're not alone in your pain and struggles, and that God can redeem any situation in your life. Join us, your hosts, Amy and Mallory, as we discuss tough topics many of us deal with and talk with other women about their stories of redemption. Can you relate? Welcome, everyone, to Can You Relate? I'm Amy. And I'm Mallory. And we're so excited that you're tuning in today to listen. And we have one of our good friends, Alyssa, here with us today and just going to share an incredible story about um, a time in her life. Um, so welcome, Alyssa. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come and yeah, share my story. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually met Alyssa a couple years ago and Amy and Alyssa had met last year, right? So we've known you both for a little bit, um, but just a little bit of background of what we're talking about. Um, Alyssa is a wife and a mom, and she um, just has an incredible story of faith uh, that's been intertwined throughout her whole life. But today she's specifically going to talk about how she walked through an unexpected pregnancy um, and just the struggles that both external and internally that she endured with the decision to move forward ultimately with adoption and just most importantly, how God was in the details of it all. So excited to to dive yes. into this and hear what he's done for you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, this story is one that um, for a time period in my life was this, this time period was so painful and difficult. And um, to be on the other side of that now and to see all of the ways that God worked um, is just absolutely humbling. And so I love to share this story because I think it's a great example of how God can take pain and struggle in our life, even when it's our own fault, mm -hmm. and turn it into something good. Yeah. And he promises that in his word. Um, but to me, to look back on this, that's what I see. Mm -hmm. um, so just to start off with, I'm going to share a little bit of who I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in a wonderful Christian home. My parents were, um, in my mind, wonderful examples of what a Christian truly should be. Um, both of them were really great at reading the Bible they were very careful about what they exposed us to. They chose to homeschool us for a while, had us go to a small private school for a while. Um, so I really respect the way that they raised us. And I think they were great examples to us. Um, and at a young age, they provided the opportunity for me to get involved in missions work. And that was absolutely life-changing for me. Um, I started when I was 13 and worked with an organization called Youth with a Mission and um, started living there every summer when I was a teenager and then chose to go to a school with Youth with a Mission after I graduated. Um, I graduated with my two-year degree when I graduated from high school. So oh, I wasn't nice. quite ready to go to college. I was, you know, sure. <laughs> wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. So I went to that Bible school with Youth of the Mission in Costa Rica. And um, that was a great experience. I feel like I learned a lot about the Lord. I had a lot of knowledge. Um, and then we did an outreach afterward in Israel and Spain. 
And I think that time in my life taught me a lot. It taught me about serving others. I think I really learned um, that a true joy and contentment comes, of course, from serving the Lord, but from serving others. Mm -hmm. And I had such a peace and happiness while I was on the mission field. And that was such a cool thing to learn at a young age. Um, I think it also helped me to mature. It um, really gave me a different perspective on people and an acceptance of people that still impacts me Mm -hmm. and, and really drives the way that I interact with others. Um, So all of that time that I spent in a Christian home, Christian schools on the mission field, I really feel like I had so much knowledge Really, it was a gift, all of it, that my parents gave to me that I had on the mission field. Mm. Um, but even someone with all of that knowledge and experience can get caught up in sin. And so that's what I want to talk about next. After I got back from the mission field, I made the decision to attend a Christian university in Tennessee, Lee University, which I still love so much. It was a wonderful university, but it was very far away. Um, and so once I moved down there, I, my life changed drastically. You know, I was used to being away from home as I just shared. I had kind of traveled and lived all over the world. Um, after I was on the mission field, I also taught English as a second language in Mexico. So it wasn't new to me to be far away, um, but it was new to have to balance, you know, going to school, working to pay my bills. Um, And so what I found when I got to Tennessee is even though I was at a Christian university, I was busy. I was working, I was doing school, and I did not find a good church to connect to Mm -hmm. and Christians to connect with. Even though I was surrounded by all these awesome Christians in my classes, the people I was spending a majority of time with were my coworkers who were not believers. And um, that impacted me a lot. And So while I was living in Tennessee and going to college, um, I met a man and got into a relationship with him and knew that um, he wasn't a strong Christian. But at the time in my immature faith, I thought, well, he believes in God, you know, but we did not have the same values. And I found myself over time aligning with his values instead of my own. Mm -hmm. And very quickly ended up um, getting pregnant and immediately just could not believe that I was in that position. I think it was almost like a shock that I Mm -hmm. went through um, because of the life that I had lived. You know, I kept saying to myself, like, how did I end up here? Right. And so quickly, you know, Um, and so at first it was just the shock of what had happened, um, and just kind of coming to grips with that. And again, instead of um, clinging to my faith and other believers, I feel like I just kind of pulled back and was confused and and sad. Mm. I knew this wasn't the life that God had for me. I knew that um, I was not in a position to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about the life that I had had with my parents, you know, both parents in the home, 
um, very financially stable, emotionally stable. And I knew that that wasn't something that I could provide for a child. How old were you at the time? Do you remember? So was I 21, I think. Okay. 21 or 22. I should remember, but now I'm much, (laughs) much older, which is probably why I don't remember. Um, But um, immediately it was just thoughts of confusion. What should I do? But as a child, I had an aunt on both sides who had adopted. So an aunt on my dad's side and an aunt on my mom's Mm -hmm. side. And both of those were very positive adoption Mm -hmm. stories. Um, My cousins, of course, I loved. And I had watched my aunts and how that adoption had impacted them. Um, In particular, one of my aunts had attempted to adopt a child and at the last minute it had fallen through and Mm -hmm. I watched how devastated they Mm -hmm. were and how long they waited to adopt and um, what an answer to prayer it was for them. And I'm very thankful for that because that made my perception of adoption so positive. And it really made my perception focused on the um, adoptive parent and what that meant to them. Mm. Can I ask real quick? Yes. You know, I know a lot of young women who find themselves in that Mm -hmm. spot. Often, you know, they may think about adoption, but then they also have this other option as well. Mm -hmm. Is that ever something that went through your mind as you were kind of just coming um, to terms? I think that I think that any woman in that position is going to think, okay, what are my options? Mm -hmm. What can I think about? So, you know, I know, I knew it was an option and, um, I knew that that would be the easiest option for me. Um, I think that many, many, many times women who choose to have an abortion instead of placing a child for adoption, a lot of it is because of all of the feelings that I told you I was feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, you're sad, you're scared, you know you can't provide for the child. Um, Another huge emotion I had was just letting people down Mm -hmm. and feeling like, um, what am I going to do? And the confusion of um, trying to figure it all out. I could see how it would be very easy for a woman to decide that an abortion would be easier. And I'm very careful how I talk about that because I think there are a lot of women who made that choice who regret it. And so um, I try to be careful because I actually have more compassion for women in that situation than probably someone who wasn't because mm-hmm. I can recognize and acknowledge the feelings that they were having right. and the fear that they felt. And some of the fear isn't just for themselves. It's for that child. Right. You know, and our culture tells us that a lot. Well, you know, they're not going to have a good life. So, you know, a, um, a better, abortion yeah. is, is a good option. Yeah. Right. Um, But two things that sort of drove me toward adoption, number one, that wonderful perspective that I had of adoption, and number two, 
repeatedly through my mind. I just kept thinking, <laughs> I told myself on the way here, I wasn't going to cry because okay. I tell this story <laughs> all the time. That um, it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. It was my decision that put me in that position. And I needed to um, make sure that I made her life the best that I could because this wasn't something she had done. It was something I had done. Mm -hmm. And so that's what gave me the strength to decide not to abort. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't judge people who were in that position because like I said, it was, it's, it's confusing and scary and painful, particularly if you're with someone who you do not see yourself right. ending up with. Yeah. Right. And um, after I found out I was pregnant, it was right about that time I started realizing more and more about um, my daughter's birth father mm-hmm. and just sort of um, who he was. He had a lot of addiction issues and things like that. So not only would I not want to stay with him, it was becoming clear that he would not be a good role model or example in her life in any capacity. And so that was a huge motivating factor for me as well. But luckily he was very um, encouraging to me that he wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do. Mm. I think it would be very difficult if you were with someone that really pushed you towards abortion. So I am thankful for that, that he um, did not put any pressure on me. Um, so once I found out I was pregnant, made the decision, um, to place her for adoption, I was kind of in a panic Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what do I do? Where do I go? How to begin? Yes. And I'm old enough to where, you know, the internet was popular, but, um, not as much as it is right (laughs) now. I won't go into more detail or I'll date myself. (laughs) Um, but I did grab my school computer and I just typed in Christian adoption. Hmm. And I, I distinctly remember sitting on my couch in my apartment in Tennessee and just scrolling through these websites and crying hmm. because I didn't want to place her for adoption. Yeah. And, but I knew that I should. Hmm. So I had all these emotions And I just was scrolling because I think a part of me wanted to just have that comfort that I could do this and that option was there. So that night I found a couple of different sites, but there was one in particular that I clicked on and scrolled through. And immediately, you know, I started looking through the families and Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, what families are out there? And I looked at a ton of families that night, but one that I looked at, as soon as I clicked on it and I looked at their picture, I was like, oh, it just was like this immediate piece. So I sat and read their entire bio and it described who they were um, and everything about their life. And immediately I had this huge sense of peace. Hmm. I'm like, you know what? There are families out there. Everything about this family I loved. Um, The mom had been a teacher for many years. Um, The dad was a pilot. 
the daughter that they had adopted was um, biracial. And I just thought, you know what? There are families out there. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can find someone that I feel good about placing my daughter with. And um, shortly after that, I learned that there were things going on in my family um, back in Minnesota. I didn't want to stay in Tennessee. And I made the decision to move to Texas, where I had a friend living. So I moved to San Antonio in the middle of all of this. <laughs> wow. And um, right away started looking at adoption agencies there. So and, let's back up. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't contact the first adoption agency? I did not. Okay. Oh, okay. you know what? I should add um, that agency had, or no, it wasn't even an agency. It was a website. They had a phone number mm -hmm. that you could call. And I did actually call and I talked to this wonderful woman and she was just like, you know, you're going to be okay. There are so many families out there that'll be blessed by this. And, you know, I, I cried to her and talked about what I wanted to do. And um, she was a huge encouragement. And that conversation did um, solidify that in my heart, like, this is going to be okay. I'm going to find a family. Yeah. So I, I felt like I had no doubt that I was going to find one. Um, so back to Texas. <laughs> um <laughs> So I'm in Texas and I start looking around San Antonio for different adoption agencies. And right away I signed up with one and I was excited and knew that all these families wrote bios. And so I went into their office and started reading the bios and I started to feel a little bit of just anxiousness about the situation because none of these families were sort of what I was looking for. Hmm. So I spent probably two months with that agency looking over the bios. Um, but there was never a family that I was super excited about. And it was really important to me that I felt that way. Right. And I kept typing in Christian adoption and trying to find that website <laughs> that I had found. Cause I'm like, oh, I just love that family that I found. I loved everything about them and could never find the website that I had found. Mm -hmm. um, and that same website was the one that I had called that woman on. Sure, sure. So I thought, you know what, this just must not be the right agency. I need to change agencies. So then I let them know that I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't find a family that, and, and they were very nice about it. So then I kind of started looking on my own online and really could not find an agency that I felt comfortable with. Did that make you kind of second guess? You had said when you talked to this lady with the website that you yes. felt very solid in your decision. So you're at this like confusing point again. Did it make you backtrack a little? It did. Not, not a ton at this point, but what, when I finally found an adoption agency, it was in another city mm -hmm. in Texas. So I called and this one, um, had a maternity home and they said, you know, you can, you can come up here and live here and, um, we'll take care of you. We have 
this ministry. So I decided to do that. I decided oh, to move wow. into this maternity home and I had so many mixed feelings about it. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I was just in the position where I was ministering to people not that long ago. Right. How did I get to this place? You know, and um, I lived there through the end of my pregnancy and was waiting tables. And I spent a ton of time going through all their family bios and I started to get really panicked. Mm. I could not find a family and I was just absolutely flabbergasted. And I started questioning God, God, what do you want? Do you want me to do this? Mm. I don't know what you want me to do anymore. I don't know why I don't have peace about any of these families. And it got closer and closer and closer to my due date. And I was about two weeks away from my due date. Mm. And I was getting ready to move back to San Antonio to my apartment because that's where the the doctor was that I had worked with. So I was going to deliver in San Antonio. And I remember sitting in my bed in the maternity home and just saying, okay, God, maybe it's your will for me to keep her. I, I don't know what I should do. Hmm. Just kind of pouring my heart out to him. I don't want to place her with a family that I don't feel comfortable with. Um, and the next day I was headed down to San Antonio. So I went into the office of the maternity home and I said, um, you know, I'm going to head back down to San Antonio. And I explained to the the social worker that I was working with, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, well, I got three more vials in the mail. So the back then people still put Snail things mail. on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so these families would make books, a portfolio, a portfolio kind of of their um, family. And she handed me three of them and I was sitting on this little love seat. And I looked at the first two and thought, oh, okay, well, Again, they're not people that I feel. I picked up the third book and I burst out bawling. It was the family mm. that I had found on the internet mm. eight months earlier. Oh my goodness. And I was just sobbing because <laughs> I was like, I know who they are. Yeah. He's a pilot. She's a teacher. They have a daughter that's biracial. They and I was listing off all this stuff, and this lady was looking at me like, "How do you know all of this?" And I think I was sobbing so hard because it was a mixture of such relief that God gave me a mm. huge sign, right? That I was so positive that this was the family, right? But also this immense sadness because it meant that it was real. Right. And you had just contemplated, yeah. is it your will for me to keep her? And so all of those emotions were kind of swirling in my mind, but I was just absolutely floored. It was a four hour drive back to San Antonio. And I just remember the entire time just being in complete disbelief. Um, and then I started writing about 200 questions <laughs> that I wanted to ask them. Questions like, do you think it's okay, okay to pay for your child's college? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know, all these open-ended questions um, because 
displacing your child with a family is just mm. the scariest thing. Right. And I wanted her to have the life that I thought would be best for her. So when I got back to San Antonio, they connected me with this family and I talked to the mom on the phone and I went through that whole list of questions and I didn't give her any nonverbals, you know, to, or I'm sorry, not nonverbals, any verbal cues to kind of let her know Prompter. how I felt about mm. her responses. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like, okay, next question, you know, <laughs> but by the time I got to the end of it, I was just bawling again because mm. she had answered every single question exactly how I would have wanted her to. Mm -hmm. um, and just the chances of that happening, I reflect on that a lot too, and how the Holy Spirit was in that conversation. Um, because when you're in that position, you're looking for them to say something, right, make you know, mistake. because you're you're feeling protective of your child. Um, but I was absolutely certain when I got off the phone that this was the family that I wanted for her. Wow. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for sharing the first part of your incredible story. And, you know, we just know that this story will give hope to so many women who are listening. And so part two of her story will be shared during our next episode of Can You Relate? Yes, we're so glad to have you back um, to hear more. Um, just wanted to remind everybody that the show notes will include verses that are mentioned um, in, in everybody's story, as well as um, some links for um, Christian help with adoption and kind of working through that process. So look for that in the show notes. If you like this episode, we ask that you consider um, subscribing, uh, leaving a review, and sharing it with somebody who might need to hear it. We'll see you next time.